Uh, all of the Sermon on the Mount, this whole summer, we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount, can be summed up in Jesus' statement in Matthew 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 20. And as I get into this, by the way, the notes for today's message are in the, uh, the app for the church. Just go to the church's app and look at the, the notes there. You can find them. Uh, and he says this, For I tell you that unless your righteousness, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, Jesus is saying that our, that even when our behavior and attitude is right, if we're not pursuing righteousness, then we cannot enter his kingdom. And that's, that's really what this Sermon on the Mount's about. And um, we, we all have priorities in life. I don't know if you've noticed. We all have priorities, some things that are more important to us than others. Um, and in kids, we're trying to teach them priorities. And I, I remember Caden was the funniest one when he was just a, just a toddler. I mean, a literal toddler, just, you know, barely learning to walk kind of guy. And um, we're trying to teach him not... <laughs> At our house, we thought in the beginning, we're going we're gonna to teach our kids right. Like, uh, we didn't have the, and if you did, listen, I'm not, this is no, this is probably more of a, a um, uh, something against us than it is you. But we didn't put the knobs on our, our cabinet doors or drawers to keep them from being open. Um, most parents do, but we were like, we're going to teach our kids. You will not open that drawer, you know. Um, they, they've all survived. They, they've gotten there. They're doing okay. Um, so we're happy for that. But I can remember when in, in some of those lessons trying to teach them, uh, one of Caden's favorite things was the plants. Teresa's plants, his mom's plants. Why? What, what's, what's so intriguing to a, a one-and-a-half or two-year-old about the plants? Seriously, just leave the plants alone. And I can remember uh, that on multiple occasions, I would be sitting there, and I, I'd say, hey, Caden, come here. And he'd look at me, and he'd, you know, get excited. And then he's looking at me, and then he looks next to me, and there's a plant. You know, and you can see the wheels on his little brain beginning to turn like, oh, but there's a plant, Dad. <laughs> um, there's a plant. And, and I'm like, Caden, don't look at the plant. Don't go to the plant. And, you know, come here. Come to me. Come to Dad. You're going to get in trouble if you go to the plant. But if somehow he would Frankenstein walk. You, you know that? Like they're, they're toddlers and they Frankenstein walk to the plant. And I'd be, oh, leave the plant alone. He would get in trouble. The same thing with dog food. What is it about the dog food, the dog food bowl? And he would, he, again, the, just the Frankenstein. And he, would, I think it would turn Frankenstein whenever he thought he could outrun me. You know, like, like normally he would kind of toddle walk. But then whenever he was trying to, he would really get it going. And I would be like, dude, you got, you're not going to beat me to the dog food. And you're only going to get in trouble. Can I teach you not to go to the dog food? But it's all about priorities, right? It, it's what is important to us. And that's kind of the scripture we're going to go on today is, is really talking about priorities. Uh, Jesus is dealing with the issue of priorities and being a citizen of his kingdom. A Christian's priority can be summed up by simply saying that Jesus demands single-minded devotion to him. It's what he wants. But it's no different than, than any important relationship in our lives. I, I can remember um, as 
a young man or in high school and I would be dating girls that they demanded that you had a single minded devotion just to them right Sarisa um, she demands that I am only interested in her which is fine because I am because I love her it's it's that kind of relationship and some people look at Jesus call for us to be single mindedly devoted to him and they're like well he why does he want us to be well it's that way with all of our relationships you know we need to invest our time and our thoughts and our energy in Jesus and so today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6 Matthew chapter 6 starting with verse 19 we're going to walk through I think all the way to verse 34 but um, so the first thing is this being single-minded um, means to have interest in one treasure and that's where we're at Matthew 6 19 through 21 so do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also and Jesus is talking here um about where our about being single-minded on him where is our treasure what's important to us in life the lives of so many people today seem to be focused on or invested in the abundance of earthly treasure it's like that's what we think about and, and we work for and we live for is earthly treasure now Jesus doesn't condemn money that's not what he's doing here, but he is getting to the heart of your desire to have it. Try to understand the difference here. If, if you're wealthy, good. That's awesome. That means God has blessed you with that so that you can do good for him. But if, if you're not, then maybe God is working you to there. I, you know, I don't know, but what's your reason for wanting to have it? What is that desire for wanting to have it? We have to be, as Christians, careful with the, the desire in our hearts to have things. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I want things. I'm still looking for that boat. You know what I mean? Like, I want a boat. I would love to have a boat. I, it's, it's not that things are bad. Have a boat. Go out on the water. Enjoy yourself. Have a good time. Go skiing. Go wakeboarding. Like, do all the things. That's okay. But what is your reason for desire? And how strong is that desire to have it? Does it supersede everything in life? This is why one of the things that, that Jesus talks most about is money. And we talk about it a little bit here. Because money is so important. One of the reasons we practice tithing, not only because God has asked us to, but because we are showing him that he is more important to us than the physical things in our life. So what's our priority? We have to remember that earthly pursuits will not last. And it's, it's hard to keep that in perspective because whatever we're looking for for tomorrow seems like that's, all, that's what's the most important thing. And then when tomorrow comes, it's the next day. And what's the most important thing the next day? let's just ask it this way can you think of anything that you will do that is going to last eternally anything that you have that when you go to heaven you get to take with you I mean it puts it in perspective and I think it's probably hardest for our country we have the wealthiest country that has ever existed 
And I think it's maybe even harder still for people in this area because we live in a relatively affluent area. What's the reason, though? What are we, what are we getting? We need to have our interests geared towards the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. We need to have it geared towards that. I want to read a story. Ann Landers. Anybody know Ann Landers as a, a newspaper column? Dear Ann Landers. So here's one, a Dear Ann Landers that I found. Uh, and this is the title. The letter from the woman married to the tightwad. She couldn't get an extra quarter out of him. <laughs> okay. I'm interested, right? You too? All right. Uh, this reminded me of a wonderful aunt who, has, who was beautifully warm-hearted and had a great sense of humor. Aunt Emma was married to a tightwad who was also a little strange. He made a good salary, but they lived frugally because he insisted on putting 20% of his paycheck under the mattress. The man didn't trust banks either. The money, he said, was going to come in handy in their old age. When, when Uncle Ollie was 60, he was stricken with cancer. Toward the end, he made Aunt Em promise in the presence of his brothers that she would put the money he had stashed away in his coffin so he could buy his way into heaven if he had to. They all knew this was a little odd, but this was clearly a crazy request. Aunt Em did promise, however, and assured Uncle Ollie's brothers that she was a woman of her word and would do as he asked. The following morning, she took the money, about $26,000, to the bank and deposited it. She then wrote a check and put it in the casket four days later. <laughs> See, she gave him a check. He could use it to buy his way into heaven if he needed to. In the end, all the things we gather will not matter. I don't know if you remember, there was a, a saying years ago that said, he who dies with the most toys still dies right? We, we can't take it with us. In the end, all the treasures that we gather up, what we want, all of those things are okay. But watch your heart. Why is it that you want all the treasure? What is it? All right, so moving on. Then, then he keeps going. Uh, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? In these verses, Jesus is paralleling, paralleling. Wow, that's a crazy word. Is that the right word? He's drawing a parallel between the eyes and the heart. A good heart versus a bad heart. Like good eyes versus bad eyes. We must set our eye on one thing. One thing, we have to focus and follow course. What is that one thing? If we don't set our eyes upon spiritual things, the time will come when we will not see those things. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. In my life as a Christian, as somebody who follows Jesus, if I don't set my eyes on Jesus, I find myself beginning to wander and that relationship beginning to, to wane, to draw, draw apart. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. This is what he's saying. Keep your eyes focused on him. Paul talks about it in Hebrews. Who for the joy set before him, Jesus, endured the cross. Like Jesus knew what was happening. He, had a, he was single-minded in his mission. They're asking us. Jesus is asking us to do the same single-minded in our devotion to him. It's our eyes that we see where we're going. 
That's what we see with. That's what Teresa tells me every time I'm driving and I look back at the kids. You can't see where you're going. Any, any other parents out there the same way, looking back? She doesn't like that game, by the way. But it's our eyes that we see where we're going. If we begin to look behind us, we're going to have an accident. If we begin to look to the sides, we're going to have an accident. If we're looking at our text message, we're going to have an accident. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. All right, here's the next. Verse 24, he keeps going. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and Manny, and Manny, and money. My mind's thinking ahead to the next word, mammon. Mammon. Uh, some of you know the King James Version says mammon. It's, it's, it's a word that's used for worldly riches. It's not necessarily the word for cash. It's the word used for worldly riches, mammon. It's God's interest that mammon be distributed to the needy and, and to be lightly esteemed. You understand that? Lightly esteemed. To not hold in high regard. We as people, we hold wealth. We hold money, mammon. We hold it in high regard. It is the thing that we try to achieve. It is what drives us. God is saying, Jesus is saying here, hey, we, I don't want this to be highly esteemed. You can't serve both. You can't make your life's pursuit me, uh, I mean, you can't make your life's pursuit following money and following me. It can't happen. You need to follow me and then everything else falls in place. By loving money, we're not making a conscious decision to hate God. Who would do that? Who's going to say, oh, I hate God. Like, he's the worst. If you met that guy, like he asked, no, I hate him. Nobody says that. We all say we love God. But if wealth becomes more important to us than God, God becomes hated by neglect. One of the issues that when I talk to marriages, people with marriages that are struggling, one of the issues that I find very often is that they begin to drift apart because they quit being intentional about each other. If I could give you any marital advice is stay intentional in your relationship with your spouse. Stay intentional. Love each other. And, and that's what we have to do in our relationship with God is stay intentional about it because eventually that will appear as neglect of God because we're not focused on him. We're focused on whatever else. That boat becomes the focus. When you accept Christ as Lord of your life, I don't know if you know this, but we renounce Satan. We renounce him. And you can't split time serving both. Christianity is more, and, and this is a, probably for us a, a change of the way we think about things. Christianity is more than and an addition to the good life. A good life is a relationship with God, is Christianity, and then the money and, and the wealth and those things, they, they happen. They are an addition to your life with Christ. So don't think about, and, and as as. Again, as people in our culture in the United States, 
we begin to think about how amazing our life is and all this is so great and we and our you know we begin to become divided in our mind and, and thinking about what we're doing and how nice our house is and how nice our cars are and how and then we think I'm going to add God to this mix and then my life's going to be perfect God's not just another thing to add God needs to be our life and everything else is what gets added to that hope you can understand that what I'm trying to say there all right moving on verse 25 therefore I tell you I got to tell you this this verse has got me through so so many hard times in my life so so remember this verse 25 I tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes when we set all of our affections, all of them, onto the kingdom of God, we find peace because he supplies all of our needs. But you have to set your affections on him. You have to set your, your eyes, your vision, set them on him. And then he's going to bring peace because he supplies all of our needs. If we're double-minded, we begin to worry. Ooh, what if I lose my stuff? What if I don't have those brand new Air Force Ones? <laughs> right? Like what it's 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 our stuff that and we become double-minded because now we're worried about both things. A friend of my mentor, Pastor Bob, I've talked about him before. I've never seen anybody walk in faith to like this. He he lived this out as much as more than anybody I've ever met. Always God has taken care of him. It's the craziest thing. I'm like, like he has no money. I th he retired, and I think his annual salary is somewhere between ten dollars and $12,000. This is retirement. <laughs> I'm like, Bob, what are you going to do? He's, well, so-and-so so gave me a car. <laughs> they gave you a what? Yeah, and then this other friend of mine, he, he had an extra phone, so he gave me the phone and just left it on his plan, so I have a cell phone. I don't have to worry about it. It's the a, it's a craziest I've never known. I'm like, well, Bob, what are you going to do about, that's eh, fine. God's going to take care of me. Um, and he lives an awesome life. He's, he lives off grid in the mountains in Colorado, completely self-sustained, like water. He has no wires connected to his house. And it's, it's an amazing life. But the guy just doesn't need anything because he's so focused on God. Everything else is just, it's just gravy. Anything that gets added to his life is just extra. And he loves it. And he's thankful to God for it. And I'm like, I don't, man, I don't know how you do it. Like, how do you do it? He's, and he's, um, how old is he now? He's 80. His wife's like 92 or 93. And he's like 85 <laughs> living in the mountains. Solar energy. It's, it's crazy. It's awesome. I want to retire that way with a boat. So, <laughs> but seriously, he could care less about a boat. He just doesn't care. You know, he could care less about a car. I'm not sure when the last time he bought a car was because he's had, he's, since I've known him, he's had three given to him. Like he just steps in faith. It's amazing. But if we're double-minded, we begin to worry. Like, oh, what if I lose my stuff? Oh, my stuff. God provides all we need. Look at verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Nope. 
You can take some hours away from your life by worry. Not going to add to it. That's good. That's good. That's, that'll preach. Verse 28. Talk about clothing. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. He's just going to take care of us. So uh, I'm going to read. We're, we're getting ready to close. But th these last few verses, verse 30. Man, this is good. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We don't have to add to the worry. We don't have to add to the trouble. It's coming anyway. Like tomorrow has enough trouble all by itself. So we can break it down like this. Unless we serve him wholeheartedly, we cannot serve him at all. It's about priorities. Are you chasing God or are you chasing the plant? Is the dog food more important to you or is God? Who, who, are, who is it that we're going after? If we're seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, then we will be in obedience to all of his commands. Jesus should be our number one priority. And I, sometimes I get up here and I get all ranting and raving. I, I read these things and, and I'm, it's like I'm preaching to myself because I'm reading them. I'm like, oh, I failed you yesterday, God. Yesterday I failed you. This is all of us walking together into his kingdom. And what I want desperately for all of you and for myself is to have this kind of relationship with God where he is our everything, where he's my everything. And all of the other stuff that gets added are things that are added to my good life with him. I don't want to just bring him along to what I think is already my good life. Jesus, I want you to be the most important thing. Thank you for what I have. Thank you for my home. Thank you for the car that I drive. Thank you for the food. I had a steak last night. I don't even know the numbers, but I bet you that most people in the world weren't able to have a steak last night. I cooked a steak. It was amazing. But that's what I mean. Like, I've got a good life. Jesus, teach me to have faith. So this morning, I'd like to take some time to pray. I'd like to uh, have us all evaluate our priorities. Where are our priorities this morning? Sometimes we have to go through a realignment. It's not a bad thing. It's not like, oh, look, the sinner has to realign their priorities. Like this is a daily walk. Paul says we need to renew our minds daily. Refocus on God. Refocus on our walk with Him. Find, search my heart, God. Find in me any way that's not pleasing to you. Help me to refocus on you. We're going to take communion this morning. And, and at our church, we do communion. It's, uh, we call it open communion. You don't have to be a member here to take it. Uh, and we have the prepackaged ones to make sure that we're uh, 
safe and all that. And there's going to be some containers around on the side. And um, you can hear in a moment, I would encourage you to go and, and, and grab one of these. But I'm going to ask you also to, to not just rush to it and do it. Take a little time. We're going to be singing a song also. Worship God, realign my priorities. Help me to make what's important, important. So remembering on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. And he said, this is my body, which will be broken for you. So when you take the bread this morning, I encourage you to remember his body was broken for you. It says in the scripture, when the meal was over, he took the cup, the cup of blessing, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, this is my blood, which will be broken for you, or which, which, which will be shed for you. Take and drink. And this morning, I encourage you to remember that his blood was shed just for you. So when you do this this morning, and he says to do this in remembrance of him, remembering the sacrifice that he made. So usually I, I like to lead everybody in this, but this morning I'm just going to say, get your prepackaged. So it'll have a bread wafer. It'll have a cup. And just do it on your own. Imagine spending time with God and ask him to help us with our priorities this morning. God, this morning... As we get ready to end this service with the time of communion together, singing a song of worship, I pray, Father, that you would help us to remember the sacrifice that you made. And you did all of that just for me. So, Father, help me to be single-mindedly focused on you. Forgive me for the times that I become split-focused, double-minded, Help me to get my priorities right. In Jesus' name I pray.